0: Cricket isn't fun in the sun with your mates, it's just a weekly social test where you're judged by rigs and runs, not by the content of your character.
1: Cricket isn't going through a season undefeated, it's getting through a day and trying to find those little victories, like bounce throwing every single return to the wicketkeeper that you secretly hate, putting ice down the captain's shirt, or chasing a dog that's run on the field, and for that single fleeting moment you forget that it's three for 462.
2: Cricket isn't about copying the umpire's decision with good grace and moving on with things. It's the financial guilt you feel upon violently smashing your $700 grey nickels against a wall, an act of pure frustration brought on by yet another ghastly umpiring decision, one that will prove costly since you're currently between jobs and short on cash, having invested all your savings in a business opportunity recommended to you by a Facebook friend, which turned out to be a pyramid scheme with an unsustainable growth model that cost you everything. And by the time you've computed the negative financial implications of your actions, you look up and realise all your teammates are laughing at you. The Great Cricketer is a Twitter stream, it's about playing cricket at The
0: it's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're ten and they have a deep-seated fear of change. your great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of
2: yourself as possible, at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl, I just feel a gully, count the
1: number of dot balls in a row, sledge, 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you call me champ. Yeah. Hello and welcome to The Great Cricketer Podcast on Fox Sports. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm joined by Dave Edwards and Sam Perry as ever. Big show. Stuart McGill is on the show. You already knew that because you have uh, downloaded this podcast very kindly. We're speaking ODIs. We're talking Gled Maxwell. We're talking warn emojis. And we're talking viral videos. Re Alex Hales. And also ask TJC your questions, of course, on this week's episode of The Great Cricketer Podcast. Chaps, Hello.
0: Hello. Hi. <laughs> Good intro, Higgins. Thanks. Increasingly broadcast worthy, if I do <laughs> say so myself. It's a weird week. Funny. Don't week. you think? Funny because week. most of the time when we've rocked up into this uh, back room of Fox Sports, which we consistently refer to and I expect to be fired any day now for continually denigrating <laughs> their uh I guess their settings. Uh we're not talking about a test match this week. We've had ODIs.
1: Nah, ODIs, yeah. Uh, because last week was test matches. Yeah. Do you guys remember that last week? That we played mm-hmm. the test matches.
0: Not the board game.
1: Nah, and, then, and now we're doing the ODIs. Mm. Uh, and there's some T20 on the horizon. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just really hard to keep up. I don't know how you guys feel about the ODIs, but I will ask you, how do you feel about the ODIs?
2: Oh, not good, he goes. <laughs> no, look, I mean, every week someone will ask, do you care? I mean, do I care yeah, about this? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, usually, caring. invariably, what the topic is, I don't care. Yeah. But this time... Mm. I found myself caring and mm. it surprised me. Mm. And I think it was the moment that, uh, that Mitch Marsh hit his third maximum in a row. Yep. Right. I realised I've forgotten everything that happened over the last few weeks. I forgot <laughs> that Australian cricket was in a national state of crisis, <laughs> um, that we declared national emergency on cricket. Yeah. And I just allowed myself, you know, lo- allowed that all to wash over me and just the, mm. the domination of our, our closest neighbour, New Zealand. It was wonderful. Yeah,
1: I mean, amber alert on uh, on all things Australian cricket. Um, I mean, but it was the second ODI is what you're saying, and midway through Australia's first innings of the second ODI, where well, you just forgot about the test matches and everything that happened before. What I mean. test
0: matches? Well, mm. it's a good point. I thought you meant you forgot about everything in your life. Uh, life stops when Mitch Marsh is scoring runs. And, that, and that's his promise, isn't it? That, that's why he's such a mm. polarising character, because when Mitch is on song, you know, the sheer brutality of it all. The daily that, grind of life, mm. just, you know, works, trouble, you know, relationships, you know... Mitch Marsh comes to the rescue, <laughs> invariably. And so uh, from the top of the show, I presume we're unanimously in agreement that he should be reinstated immediately back into the test side. Mm. And as
1: Prime Minister, yeah. Well, I mean, Mitch Marsh's rig, um, yep. and that's something that we've we've long held. Uh, and, you know, Dave, you've always said that. I know yeah. that you've always said that. Well, we've
0: been desperate to talk about his rig, haven't we? But he just ha- doesn't have the runs or hasn't well, had the runs Well,
1: Pez, I have it. been desperate um, for many things, but, but least of all to speak about uh, Mitch's rig. Mitch is, my mate Mitch, his mm. rig, yeah. I mean...
2: Mitch's rig and his runs together yeah. wasn't the only thing that came out of the second one day. And and the runs. first one day, there were a lot of great performances across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have to talk about Steve Smith's incredible yes. 164 you and an epic catch that went viral yeah. um, as well that got US media attention. Mm. <gasps> um Look, let, let's just talk about Steve Smith because, you know, he came into, the, came into our conscious, you yep. know, really, as just a, a young leg spinner who batted eight in a test side. He was essentially your third-grade
0: 15-year-old leggy yep. who bats eight um, and you're scared of getting out to. Yep. But, you know, he's, he's blossomed, hasn't he? He's that's really why I, blossomed. That's why I like him and I don't want to denigrate a guy that is in the top three batsmen in the world who originally mm. came in as a leg spinner, but there is a part of him, and I admire it a lot, that – Will always be the the leggy who bats eight and doesn't bowl and just well, looks he, a little bit ungainly. I, and let me be clear again on this public medium that that endears him to me deeply. It makes him a real cricketer. Yeah. He is a yeah. great cricketer, one of the best in the game. Well, yeah. he was the original player of promise, wasn't he? Because any 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 young cricketer who <laughs> yeah. comes in
2: yeah. to the, the grade setup, he was the original player of promise. And yeah. you know, look, the player of delivered. promise in cricket—it's kind of like yeah, he's it's kept like, it. He's kept it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: So, I mean, there's, there's something about this which is, I mean, Pez, on the, on the way over here, we were speaking about how the great thing about grade cricket is that you, it, it runs so closely to the professional realm that you can see it and it's tangible. You can touch it. And often pl- young players will be seen touching state players. Touching players. Um, <laughs> but, but, Stop doing
0: that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, not inappropriately.
1: What it comes down to is that, Steve Smith basically was picked in the Australian team as a, as a bowler and now he's just the best batsman ever. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and increasingly with our conversations of professional players we've had on this very podcast, gentlemen, mm. is that... These guys just, they just like try something. Like Brad Hogg, just, he, he, he was picked in the state side as a yep. batsman, then he just bowled some wrist spin, and mm. then he played a lot of test matches.
0: David and, Warner, uh, for a period yep. there, was mm. a leg spinner mm. who could bat a little bit as well. The <laughs> yeah. reverse
2: of Smith, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: went on to become
3: yeah. a decent yeah. bat. Yeah. I
0: mean, if you're going to play for Australia, like it's pretty much
2: genetically already guaranteed, as yeah. not yep. Like you're in the delivery room, you're mm. born, the doctor mm. goes, Yeah, you're going to play for Australia,
0: mate. Yeah. Mm. You know, with that five. rig, yeah. you're going to play for Australia. I wish I'd been told that. would have saved me about thirty one years. <laughs> Michael Clark to... was a bowler. Yeah. Uh, for Western Suburbs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so all these things, so basically, it's, you know, you're right, I mean, genetic, t- I mean, it's like being an Instagram model, um, you know, it's yes. just winning that lottery of life Yes. And, uh, and having an internet connection. That's right.
2: Guys, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Steve Smith has a lot of interesting quirks when he's batting at the crease. He likes to move around a I've lot. I've noticed, yeah. Um, some people say this might be a symptom of, of obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm. Do you reckon this is ever going to go away for him? Because I, I when I look at the great Australian captains mm. through the era, you know, border, war, um, you know they don't give away much. You know they've got real poker faces on the mm. field. Mm. Um, so do you think that this is going to grow out of this, or is this just Steve
1: Smith for life? <laughs> this is a habit that he's it's like sucking on his
2: thumb, um, <laughs> except he's removing. You know
1: he's, he's touching both pads, thigh pad, box lid, mm. g- both gloves, grip, face ball, same again. Mm. I mean it's 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 uh, it's troubling. It's troubling. <laughs> I'm troubled.
0: Well, far be from us to make comment about. A, uh, a deeply debilitating disease like OCD that some people have. It is interesting to watch him bat because whenever you seem to watch Steve Smith or whenever I seem to watch Steve Smith with like a casual observer of cricket, one of the first things mm. they pick up is, gee, he's uh, fidgety Real around fidgety. the crease. But maybe maybe the habits just work for him for whatever reason. Maybe he's just in rhythms that, that, that – you know? It's just
1: muscle memory. He wouldn't even know these three. I know um, Sanath Jaya Surya, uh, Sri Lankan left-hand opening batsman and cricketing legend, Sanath Jayasuriya had the same thing. He did exactly the same thing. He, he touched the top of both pads, to shuffle them up, to bring them up a little bit, box, thigh pad, both gloves, lid, face ball, and like it just. I don't think they'd even be aware that they're doing it.
2: No, I mean, like if you look at like even I mentioned Steve Wall before. He even he had his red hanky, yeah. You know that he drew upon. Um, yes, yes. You know and the, all the examples that you just mentioned, yeah. and you know whatever works for you. If you need to turn the light on and off forty six times before you go to bed in <laughs> order to hit runs, <laughs> do it. Cricket, cricket is a is a, is a, a sport where you know there's yeah. so many
0: unknowns. You yeah. Do it works. Yeah. D- did Did you guys have a view on? The ODIs being on. Generally, we're used to them mm. being on after Christmas. It's mm. this kind of, mm. you know, posthumous thing that we're watching after Test cricket finishes. It's, it's a January bit of an it's a bit yeah. of an appendix to the summer. Yep. We've now seen it reinstated to mm. a pre Christmas thing. Do you, mm. do you have any care about that? We're talking about care a lot on the show. Mm. I just I? think
1: there's too much cricket. Sam is my point. Um, which I hadn't made until now. I now realise that. But, but there's just too much cricket. And, and and I liked the notion of cricket, like the one day is being on in February and, and the beginning of March. It was like the icing on the cake of a brilliant, warm summer. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because there were you only ever got to watch about like seven one Dayers in a year because it was on Australian television. Um, but now it's on 12 months a year. Um, oh.
2: I don't mind it, but I just think that it's all a little bit incongruous that New Zealand that we're playing New Zealand. Like yeah. we just flew these bikes over here for yeah. a couple of one dayers just to, you know, just to do something. There's yeah. nothing else on, we've got to do something. <laughs> Pakistan aren't here yet. What are we going to do? Let's have <laughs> a couple of one day, one dayers, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just the
0: fact that we're playing New Zealand inexplicably. Yeah. Um, There's it, no doubt it's a big old cash cow in world cricket. And we won't go into, you know, the administrative issues behind that. But the problem really? that I've got with ODIs is mm-hmm. that as it, I mean, the first thing that I like about it being on pre-Christmas is that that's what it used to be like in 1994, and I want everything to be 1994 because that's when I was nine, and you know everything you, except everything the ODI incident. Exactly. But Last pr- time you were happy. Exactly. But the best thing about the ODIs back then, and it wasn't it; they weren't even called ODIs, was that like it was the space to explore novelty in cricket. Yeah. The kits were new you know, every year. The Australian cricket kit, the ODI kit, isn't even new. Give us a new kit, mm. yeah, Cricket new Australia. Kit. Give us something new. Yep. Mm. To look at. Uh, Brian, playing styles will be different, but that's all the reserve. That's all the re- you know. That's where you kind of innovated and mm, people yeah. experimented with things. Mm, but now that's all the preserve of T mm, Twenty cricket. Where does ODI fit in? It's like the bloody middle child right, yeah. of a family. Yeah,
2: people used to debut interesting things like Brian Lara batting in sunglasses. Yeah. you know that was he chose that setting to debut that
0: exactly. A couple inside the, the circle, a couple out.
1: I think what we're getting to here is mm. that ODI cricket is the first thing that should be killed off. Um, and this feels very Lord of the Flies to me. And, uh, and I think ODI cricket is piggy, is what I'm saying. But, um, but I just, I, we're all excited about Big Bash, right? That's what we're, that's what we're all trying yes, to get to. Very Our UK listeners will also be excited by that. New Zealand and Australia listeners alike. I think we're all excited by getting to that. The Test Matches. People, people still like the Test Matches. They like, they like the, the, the safety and the feeling that Test Match cricket is on. And now this added thing of day-night cricket, that's interesting as well. You come home and you get to watch two sessions of cricket. I'm all for that. Um, but, but ODI cricket, what is it? There's too, there's too many middle overs. Is 40 over cricket the way forward? They play that in the UK. I'm not so sure. I'd, I'd like just either more T20s and more test matches and probably sack off the, the, the ODIs. I, th- I think I'm getting to that.
0: Oh, sorry. I just thought there was something else for a second. Uh, can I be honest for a second, though? Please be honest. Before the match both matches started, I still had in my head, and I'm lucky enough to work from home, the cricket's on, I'm gonna watch the cricket and I'll feel good about it. As yeah. long as people like me still have that feeling maybe yeah. there is some survival to it. People like us will continue to roll up. Mm. And there was some safety in the two matches we've seen so far. We're recording on Wednesday night. Yeah. There's been two matches played so far. Mm. And and the safety was that Australia scored a zillion runs in the first innings yeah. and uh, knocked off New Zealand before the match had even started in the second innings. Yep. You know they were two mm. down, three down. Mm. It was over. Mm. There was a lot about the nineties mm. uh, that, mm. that I felt watching that. I mean, back in the nineties, mm. they'd go to the news, Brian Henderson, And be on it if you were from Sydney or whatnot, mm. and you'd come back and they had to sort of hurriedly show you the replay of <laughs> yeah. two wickets. It was two for twenty. McGrath had taken both. Healy had taken one. Yeah. Mark Warren. I
2: enjoyed wondering what would have happened in those yeah. early overs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the best you're, part. You're watching it. the sports report.
0: You're like, yeah, but I just want to watch.
2: Hurry up, sport. Kenny
1: Sutcliffe yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care about Ash Wednesday. I want know what's happening in the ODI.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the Irish Rebellion. Yeah. I mean speaking of interesting and
2: innovative things that happened or don't happen in one days anymore, one thing that did happen was George Bailey chose that setting to debut his interesting new batting stance. Yeah. Guys, you must have some thoughts on this.
1: Well it's the first time he <laughs> it's the first time he debuted it in an international scene, international scene because I have seen him do that in a shield game before as well. And it's weird and it's confusing and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet.
2: I like it. I, I like mean, I'm, I'm just in favour of anything that's avant garde and experimental mm. in <laughs> cricket. There's just not enough of that. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff can, you know, lead to interesting social
0: reform yeah. and, and really catch on in a way. Sure. Anything that screams unorthodoxy in Australian cricket is fine by me at the moment. Did you notice that um, during that, I
2: think it was the second one day, uh, um, Speaking of George Bailey, as we are, Michael Clark went on a weird little rant about the size of George Bailey's hands. Did, did you guys catch that? No, I didn't.
1: I didn't catch it. Tell me more, Dave.
2: Well, George Bailey went for a catch. Um, okay. it, it was well out of reach. Uh, <laughs> but Michael Clark chose this setting to talk about how George Bailey has a, the hands the size of ten-year-old boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was hands how he decided to boy. create the. Image. And then he just
2: went oh, you know, George Bailey wears youth gloves. George Bailey has really small hands. And then you could hear the guffaws of laughter. Uh, much like you are at the moment, he yeah. goes with all the Channel Nine commentators in the background, that yeah. it's just the most taboo <laughs> subject. I think is to to yeah. insult another man's hands on camera.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said that. I mean, like I,
2: I I'm I'm more laughing at
1: um at Michael Clark going on and on and on about the size of a man's hands <laughs> yeah. more than the actual the fact that George Bailey does have small hands, if yeah. whether that is the case. Because uh, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of George Bailey because he strikes yeah. me, I and that. I might have said this in the past, that he strikes me as the kind of guy who would not only help you move house mm. but also to, um, to to bring along boxes of his own that he had lying around in his place.
2: Was this Clark trying his hand at some comedy? Like, I mean, when he started as his commentary career, he was quite refreshing in that he used to talk analytically about what was happening on the field. And like now, most
0: commentators. And yeah. now
2: is he suffering the Channel 9 curse of, you know, he's, he's falling into tired tropes
0: and insults. Mm. I think Just take us into the dressing room, pup. <laughs> Get your analysis. Just get us in the dressing room. It's a big old sportsman's lunch, as Gus Wallen says. Just get us in there. Let's have a talk about GB's hands. Let's not worry about the catches he takes or how well he takes them. Let's just worry about the size of the actual material he's using to catch them.
1: Boys, do you guys want to talk about Glenn Maxwell? No.
0: (laughs) Can we make it brief?
1: Well, for for our international listeners who may not be uh, up to date with the Glenn Maxwell situation, um, Sam, you're probably in the best position, um, given you've written recently about uh, Glenn Maxwell. What's he done, and why? He's pregnant.
0: The story of Glenn Maxwell is an interesting one because it's a real – it shines a real spotlight on cricket and politics, and it's always titillating when cricket and politics conflate together, and we're watching it play out in public. So the story with Glenn Maxwell is that uh, he's an enigmatic player. He – goes about his stuff in a really entertaining, flamboyant, flash way. Mm. And, you know, for an Australian side that is searching for answers in their batting and bowling at times, particularly spin bowling, uh, he represents a potential answer. Nevertheless, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Maxwell came out and said that uh, it was painful that he was batting below his Victorian skipper, Matt Wade, Mm. in the order. Wade being a wicketkeeper, Maxwell came out and said, it's my belief that... uh, specialist batsman should bat above a wicketkeeper. Uh, he was absolutely trounced mm. in the press by his uh, colleagues at both Australian and Victorian level for saying exactly that. Uh, he, Darren Lehman criticised him for not scoring 100 uh, in the last couple of years, uh, w- which is true. I think he was referring to shield level. Mm. Uh, his captain, Steve Smith, fined him and publicly stated that he fined him uh, on behalf of the team and the leadership group. Uh, his Victorian colleagues, both... Present and past, Bob Quiney, Darren mm-hmm. Berry, uh, said that you know while it's great to have honesty, it's a very selfish attitude. It's not a great attitude. I've never seen such a severe response to um, reasonably kind of what's the word? I mean, they're honest remarks, probably ill-advised remarks, but um, nevertheless, he he has been absolutely eviscerated in the press for them.
1: Well, they weren't offensive. I mean, it, we've heard we've heard players in the current system say things on the field which are far worse, and, and there's been no um, like Matt Wade. So there's been there's there's, there's been there's been no uh, sort of bounce. back from that, but um, I think what, what Maxwell said was, as you say, ill advised and just a bit silly. I mean, like, if he wanted to get the point across that he wants to bat higher above the order and above certain plays, he could have just said, You know, I'd like to be getting a better opportunity. Um, you know, for Victoria, and I hope to be scoring more runs soon. Therefore, then people go, Oh, where's he batting? Oh, he's batting behind. Why? That's weird. Then the conversation starts organically. He doesn't need to explicitly say, I should be batting higher than the captain, because that's never gone well for anybody that's at right. any level of cricket.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the way that the public has kind of leapt to Maxwell's defence in this case, because a couple of years ago, it was completely the opposite of yeah. that. And especially after he played that reverse sweep, mm. uh, when they were, I think, they were in the UAE playing against. Yeah. Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan batting number three, for and his he was batting country. three for Australia. And he said later that the reverse sweep, defending his reverse sweep, saying it's like a cover drive for other players. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. so that, that really uh, you <laughs> know made people question Glenn Maxwell and everything he stands for. <laughs> yeah. um, but he seemed you know from the outside to have gone away and, and maybe worked on his game a little bit publicly, saying things like he was going to you know get runs at shield level, which he apparently has. Mm. But you know, is it is it because this is all tied in with the Wade argument? You know, the Maxwell v Wade, mm. Neville v Wade. I, mean, I know in America they have Roe v.
0: Wade, which is an equally contentious <laughs> issue. <laughs> 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 is this our uh, Roe v. Wade? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the story here is about an administration who are really keen to assert their authority, and uh, you know, a couple of guys in Smith and Lehman who are a little bit under pressure to show some authority. Smith has said yeah. from the start of the season that you know, this team needs to be louder. People have called for him to show more personality. I wonder whether his, you know, public stating of a fine for Maxwell was a way of showing, so it's demonstrating his authority. Lehman is a guy under stress, I think, as well. Uh, you know, from, it, it, people are coming at him from all angles. He's probably had enough of players speaking out and wanted to just uh, come down on Maxwell hard. It, it wasn't the right thing for Maxwell to say, but I just feel like was it, it was a little bit over the top. It was a bit disproportionate,
2: did, I think. It, it happened at, like, a state press conference, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about a state teammate. So it wasn't a state... Issue. I mean, I know when you know. Sometimes state governments and Commonwealth governments mm. can overlap in you know in issues mm. like health and transport. Mm. Is this was this should have been a state issue? Well, Why did <laughs> Australia have to make it a Commonwealth? Is it issue? a federal well, issue? It's
1: certainly a jurisdictional problem. Mm. Uh, I completely agree with What you're saying there, Dave. Yeah, and uh, and we we'll have to look at the uh, the appropriate legislation before we. Before but what we move
2: on. what kind of kangaroo court is this though? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> when has a fine ever worked? I mean, yeah. we've all been fined at great cricket level. Has that yeah. made us better people? Yeah. Uh, no. No worse.
1: No worse if anything. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Maxwell situation anyway. Stick around, Stuart McGill coming
4: up. Are you upset that no one comes to watch you play cricket? Are you tired of no one appreciating you for the talented third grader you are? The Cricket Family is the first program dedicated to helping people like you feel relevant again. We have a database of over 1,000 out-of-work actors who can come to your games and masquerade as your friend girlfriend, wife, parents, or grandparents. Helping you create the perception that the people close to you actually care about what you do.
3: Ah, great shot,
4: Jason. No, I'm proud of you, son. The Cricket Family, helping cricketers feel relevant once again. Boys, the
0: the guests just keep getting
4: better. Mm. Uh,
0: We've got on the line with us, and we said this at the top of the show, he goes, Mm. uh, Stuart McGill, one of Australia's all-time greatest bowlers players. In my view, uh, I've always had more than a soft spot for leg spinners, and Stuart was one of my favourites. Uh, McGillah, if I dare call you that, despite having never met you. Call me what you like.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Most people I played with did.
0: <laughs> we might get into that in a second, although they also yeah. list you a nickname as Sweet Prince on Wikipedia, so we might ask you that a little bit later as well. But uh, yeah. thank you for joining the great cricketer, mate. That's mighty big of you. Uh, how are you tonight?
5: I'm wonderful, um, especially now that you're calling me Magilla. It's great. at
3: home <laughs> it's wonderful.
0: We, we always kick off the same way, Magilla. Uh and, and that is to ask you, look, you're, you're an international player of great repute, one of Australia's all-time greatest bowlers. Um, but what is your relationship to grade cricket, more importantly?
5: Uh, well, so <laughs> I was kind of an old bloke when I when I started playing for um, um, you know, even New South Wales. I didn't play for New South Wales till I was 26. And so I guess um, my relationship to grade cricket's a hell of a lot stronger than you know some of the young folks <laughs> that are playing for Australia nowadays. Because um, I thought for a long period of time that was all, that was as good as it got. Um, you know, playing grade cricket in Perth and in Sydney, and um, I, I, that's, that's just just what I was. I was, I was. I was pretty much like the rest of us, you know, just just a normal guy trying to trying to trying to play a bit of cricket cricket on the weekend, and then. I moved across here and all of a sudden things, you know, I, I got to play a couple of other games here and there as well. Which is, um, But grade cricket, you know, that's what used to make us, you know. And Because I, 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 I'm, I'm over 40 now, I'm allowed to talk about the good old days. <laughs> please, in the, good please. Old days, in the good old days, grade cricket was, uh, was a pretty big deal. And, um, and uh, you know, I think it, it's the reason, that I, you know, I became quite good.
0: <laughs> and you, you, you
2: definitely became did become quite good, quite good. Did you learn any uh, kind of life lessons during your time in great cricket? Obviously, you come across a, a bunch of characters from all walks of life. Any, any life lessons?
5: Well, you know, the, the thing is, I, I, my, my, last, my last two years in Perth, you know, life lessons, I did, everybody when they retired, you know, you talk about, oh, what do you miss, you know, about, uh, you know, if you're a footy player or you know, a cricket player, what do you miss? And people talk about you know Mr. Camaraderie and I think most cricket players don't even know what that means. But, uh, <laughs> I have a spelling. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> seriously. Um, I love to see David Warner having a crack at it. But um, <laughs> but, but, but but I I those I, I, my last two years in Perth, you know, we just had a great time. I mean, we, you know, minor minor premiers of both years, but got crunched like severely in the semi-finals. It, you know, out first week but those mates were really good we, I mean we even, we even started a band when none of us had much talent but that's how, that's how tight we were we just had a great time um, and, and just for um, uh, you know anybody that's keen uh, the band was called the Dot balls um, <laughs> and I, look I don't think you'll find any singles out there because we were seriously underground. But oh um, good Yeah, I think that was some of Richard Chiqui's job. early work, wasn't yeah. it? With, with the <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was very it was mainstream. Way before that, they would pretend they would just pretended to the throne. This was just the <laughs> sort of stuff. So yeah, no, but that that was look, it was sort of um, it was about the, the 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 mate sort of side of things, and and the fact that we were all really really different guys, and and probably the closest I got to that later was you know, the last sort of four or five years I played. Um, Club cricket here. I was at Sydney Uni, and um, the the changing room there really did kind of mirror. That was the closest I'd ever got to to those last couple of years at South Perth, because um, um, you know you've got a couple of kids are students, a couple of older blokes who are you know got some pretty heavy hitting um, commercial jobs in Sydney, and then you've got you know guys like me who. So you know, apart from cricket, haven't really held a job down. So um, <laughs> it, it 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 um it was kind of it was kind of cool and I, and and you do learn. See, my life lesson would be that you do learn to respect people from all walks of life because you know that you know, provided you have got a common goal, um, it's you know it's possible to get on with anyone really. And it was really cool. It was great fun at Sydney, and it's much the same as it's South to...
1: If we could speak about, I mean, I presume one of the highlights of your own career, Stuart, um, happened on the grey cricket field, and uh, and and not certainly in a playing capacity necessarily, but um, but when you were told you were going to play for Australia.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that was I was playing for North Sydney at the time. Because yeah, as you as you probably you work out, I've had, <laughs> had more clubs than than you've had breakfast, but um, <laughs> I um not even hot I, breakfast, just breakfast. No, oh, no, just breakfast. Will stop. I mean, what's a hot breakfast nowadays? <laughs> um, but. Oh, there we go back to the good old days. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I, um, I I was playing for North Sydney, and I'd been actually um, I'd been in Perth, uh, New South Wales had played a, um, I think a one dayer in Perth, and it was the first time I'd ever gone back to Perth with the New South Wales team. Mm. And New South Wales had let me stay an extra day. I, I didn't have to fly back home with the team. Um, on the sun, on the I think we played maybe on the Friday or something like that. They, they let me sort of have a long weekend in Perth, so I, you know, had a pretty massive weekend with my mates. Um, and then we were playing club cricket on the Monday. Was the Monday long weekend uh, here, here in Sydney? And so I got back, and I was feeling pretty. I was actually feeling pretty rough. You know, I was having a massive weekend in Perth, then a long flight back, then, and I actually turned up to the ground at. Ramoyne that week with no, like, I, all I took was my cricket kit and, like, so no circuit gear or anything like that, because the, the North <laughs> Sydney boys, after the after each day's play, they used to, like, to sort of, you know, hit it pretty hard, and I just thought, sort of well, I can't leave anything to chance here, I didn't bring any, I bought, bought a, well, a pair of shorts, no shoes, like, just to, so that they couldn't drag me out, and um, um, then, you know, so I'm playing... Um, and you know, actually, I, I did. Despite despite my poor preparation, I did. I did. I was bowling quite well. I don't I don't remember having with the got, but I, I got a couple. And about um, getting through and over um, Trent Johnson, who's New South Wales coach now, and you know, played for Ireland, captain Ireland. He came up to me, and when I was bowling, you you, you know, it, it was probably you know not the smartest move to to talk to me. Um, <laughs> but I tend to just sort of think, well, you know, I mean, I, I know everything about everything at the best of times, but when I got the ball in my hand, yeah, you know, seriously, there's nothing you can add to the conversation, so you know, <laughs>
3: stay away. But
5: honest. TJ, I, lo- I like TJ, so I sort of, you know, allowed him, but as he's, you know, he's called me over, and as he's called me over, I sort of think to myself you know, what does he want? What does he want to hear? No, he's a good bloke. Let's humour him. Well, <laughs> you know. um, Constant and conversation just, in your head. Yeah, yeah he was. I mean, it was just, you know, having, obviously, you know, having an in, a little uh, conversation with myself in my head, which unfortunately happens a lot. Um, but but he, he, um, he said to me, and I thought he was going to talk about the field or some, you know, crap like that. Um, but what happened was um, he said to me... Uh, uh, what are you doing next weekend? Um, and I went, oh, I don't know, I don't know, TJ. I'm thinking, what the heck? Yeah, yeah no, I'm or in the anything. Depends if I bring my clothes on. The I'm in the middle of an over, TJ. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Can you help me I move? I don't, I don't you. know, TJ. he said, oh, you know, you're going to Adelaide. And I went, no, I'm not. I'm not going to Adelaide. What are you talking about? And I, I'd not joined the dots at all. He said, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're going to Adelaide. And then he said, you know, you've been picked uh, to play for Australia. And it, it you know, it's, it's still I still remember it really really well because mm. I just couldn't I just couldn't get my head around it because mm. there was no ri i didn't I couldn't really make rhyme or reason I couldn't work out why they'd picked me mm. I mean I've been having a pretty good year for New South Wales but i I, I just didn't really sort of factor myself into a team yeah. at that stage and um um yeah, so they'd pick, and then, then the phone, the phone at Drumoin Oval, the phone used to um, be on a loudspeaker, the uh, the the ringer, so I guess, so that you know, because it's a typical grade club in those days. It's vastly different now, as you know, it's, you know, stadium. But in those days, you know, a couple of the parents were running the you know the the tuck shop and and that sort of thing. So they used to have the, the phone on a loudspeaker, and, and the phone just started ring and ring and ring. Over and over and over again, and it was like it was, uh, I, you know, it was quite it was quite ridiculous, really. I mean, it really does never, sound like
0: the old days, Stuart. People aren't even calling you mobile; they're just calling the ground oh, no. Oh,
5: no,
0: <laughs> to wish yeah. you well. I mean, one thing that I that strikes me with that, Stuart, it always feels like a privilege if I could be earnest for a second. Uh, yeah. It's always a privilege to hear the stories of players who've been picked to play for Australia and what it meant for them to be mm. told. I mean, we, we heard Rob Quiney a couple of weeks ago tell us about John Inverarity taking him for a walk around, you know, the SCG members and stuff. Another thing that strikes us from talking to some of these players, you know, who've achieved the dreams, whereas ours died when we were 10, <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> you know there's there's often a like a people often reflect quite um interestingly about their australian careers a couple of the a couple of the guys have said oh look i haven't really had you know that good of an australian career or they've 've talked it down mm-hmm. how, how do you reflect on your time playing for australia
5: um, well no i probably i'm probably a little bit more positive than that and 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 um look part of the reason for that is because um i um you know, I did play. I did. You know, so I got picked for Australia at twenty eight, um, and twenty six New South Wales. And I kind of figure. And, and my, my my dad played maybe I don't know somewhere between six and twelve games for Western Australia. And, and I and like you know, loved cricket. And and I and I I kind of always figured. And I, I I always figure that guys who would like you know like yourself, who would have killed to play one game for New South Wales. Um, if I'd just played one game for Australia, it, there's there's kind of no uh, shame in you know like that's a massive thing, right? And if you look yeah. at you know the picture of all the guys who have played for Australia, I mean even most recently you got Perg and, um, and Joe Many, they might never play again,
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, and, and 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 like so just one game, and um, you know it, it really did make a big. You know, deal to me, and the fact that I was able to get some wickets in there as well. I and mean, there's only only one game that I can really think of where I, I choked, um, and 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 really didn't bowl, I bowled absolute shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and that that was um, that was in Adelaide against the West Indies. Brian Lara just went berserk, and I I, I lost it. Couldn't didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, uh, Fair enough. we will be there?
2: But, yeah. yeah. Look, mate, you said that <laughs> earlier in the interview that the best thing about grade was that. You know, everyone was a little bit different. You, you started a band okay. with your mates, you know, guys yeah. that had serious commercial jobs and so forth. Yeah. But I think throughout your career, I mean, people in the media and often people would speculate that you yourself were a little bit different or as we say in yeah. cricket, cricketer parlance a rare unit um, unique.
5: <laughs> unique mate
2: I'm unique, unique. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted to get your um your take on that because that was a theme that kind of ran throughout your whole career that you know Stewie McGill was a little bit different did you feel that in the change rooms or what's your kind of you well, know so look this, on
5: that so this, this is the thing right so so um look because I was, old, I, was I was older right? I mean I, I I'd I'd um you know I'd I'd Already worked. I had other jobs and stuff like that. You know, I worked at restaurants and and bars and you know um, you know tried to do sales jobs and stuff like that. And so I'd 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 had up I'd had other stuff to do um, <laughs> before cricket. And and so you become very very and, and part of the reason I eventually started to get picked is because I was very certain of what I had to do out on the cricket field to to make it work. So. So was it like a day
2: job for you? Like, I mean, you talk about no, that.
5: no, 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 no. It wasn't a day. No, no, it was never a job for me. Unfortunately, I probably, I probably could have done with thinking it was a job a little bit more. But I, but it was but it was just something that I was good at. You don't you don't very often get to do things that you're good at, and 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 I had the opportunity to do it um, and you know do it for a job. And and I I know I'm never going to be as good at something else as I was at, at cricket, which I didn't want to let it go. You know. So I, I, I knew that this is what I had to do in the changing room. If I sat there and watched all day, I'd, I'd go insane. So I'd read a book. Um, I started reading the book just so I didn't have to watch the cricket. Um, <laughs> um, so I... I, 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 I mean, say, so, and, and you can on, on one trip, or well, it might have been Jeff Marsh even when he was coaching, used to, you know, get the shits with me, actually, because I wasn't watching the cricket. I'm going, seriously, mate, I can watch if you like, but I won't be here next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'll be locked up somewhere, but... but I I I I knew um, you know, in terms of my spin bowling hand, you know, I was like before I went on the ground, nowadays especially you know, guys in the change room will come round and shake you know, wanna shake your hand, every single bloke go round the room and shake the hand and it's all this sort of, you know, team hug crap, you know. Mm. Um but I didn't want anybody to shake my bowling hand before I went out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I, it's I like a like it like be... prime minister or a president. You've got to keep no, that stuff in no, order. Well it's it, your livelihood. You know I mean, I, I, sh- I should have been respected like that, but that was it. I just didn't want it to be slippery and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> that was all it was. So, I like it. so I, like actually, a I actually model. just sort of said yeah, So now I do the old reverse type vibe, you know. So <laughs> I, uh, I, mean, I became high-five cooler. High-five. I became cooler than the, the prime minister. Really, yeah. So, you know, so, 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 so you so, originated the fist bump, basically, to protect your spin bowling. Uh, yeah. Well, look, I preferred the, fist the, bump. I preferred the dismissive, uh, you know, reverse reverse five, but that was just you know, <laughs> just get out of the face sort of stuff. But. You know, I think, I, think, I, think I, I I was different in the changing rooms, but mainly just because um, I I knew that, that I had to, you know, if I'd been bowling all session, I'd just sit in the corner with my feet up, read newspaper and pretend that we weren't at the cricket, just completely zone out, and then I'd be ready to go again. Um, and I really respect... To give you it, but I respect, as I said, if everybody in the changing room has the common goal, then nobody really cares, mate. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, Matthew Hayden and, and Justin Langer used to, you know, have a, a, a special relationship, inverted commas. Um, but, everybody. But, yeah, everybody. Oh, it's yeah, like Australia and the US, knows. yeah, special oh, relationship. Like, they could never have filmed it. It was, uh, you know. But um, when they were going out on the field, Matthew Hayden would be sitting outside the changing rooms you know, pretending he was, a you know, a Buddhist monk. And and Justin Langer um, would be inside with the musical up loud, jumping around, bouncing around, smiling at everybody. like. Yeah. And they just prepared very, very differently. And no, nobody nobody even blinked twice because then the second they'd walk on out on the field, bang, there's a unit, it's a team, and, and they just prepared the way they had to prepare. And I think that's one thing that people need to remember in a cricket team. And a very good cricket team, you actually want 11 different personality types because that means you win just about everything. That's a really
0: interesting comment, Stuart, in the current context of Australian cricket. Uh, You're describing a situation where even though the side was together, you celebrate a difference. Do you see any of those similar themes in the current Australian setup, particularly with um, reference to, let's say, for example, what's happening with Glenn Maxwell at the moment? Um, No, I
5: actually see this to be a very big problem. Like, um you know you know you, you hear a lot of you know, a lot of people probably making reference to you know cookie cutter um, you know c- cricket players. You, you can't You can't manufacture an ideal personality type and you know behavior type in out, out of the cricket team for both batsmen and bowlers. We're not bowlers are very different to batsmen. Not all bowlers are the same. Some batsmen, you know, you just sort of slap them on the back. And, you know, I would never, for Andrew Simons, for example, I would never have made him go to a team meeting. And, yep. of course, as we know, famously, not going to the team meeting almost defined his career, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it was, abs- it was an absolute wasted time for him to be there because, and, and look, to be honest, most team meetings you've been in it was a waste of time for most people to be in there because it's just a pile of crap but, <laughs> but 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 Simo I would much rather have seen him have a day off the day before a game and go fishing and then on the morning of the game because he wanted to play he's a good he's a great cricket player you, you you grab him in the changing room you you know like almost like a regular grab him by the shoulder and say right we're going to do this 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 and this whack him on the ass and send him out on the field and he'd have done it he'd have been you know and and the great teams that I've been a part of, that sort of thing that we have done. And, you know, I mean, Steve Waugh was, was probably the, the best at it. He, you know, he controlled our team, you know, very, very well. And he knew the different personality types and he knew that he liked it because it was, you know, it was, it was a strong cricket team as a consequence. And, you know, and he took the time. He, he really did take extra time to get to know each of the players. And what they liked and what they didn't like, just so that he, you know, he could allow them to, to 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 play and prepare the way that they needed to. Whereas now, seriously I don't know whether it's I don't I don't know, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or whether it's just a controlling thing. Or but you, you know, if you're not exactly the same, you don't wear the same your hair the same way, have the same car, have a, you know, you're outcast, and I, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, we forget. With you, know, you mentioned Maxwell, a couple of days before Darren Lehman had said there's been so so many hundreds made in Australia in the last couple of years, and Glenn Maxwell hasn't made made any of them, and that's why he's not bat- that's why he's not playing for Australia. So of course, the next day he's going to go. Well, you know, you, you want to know why I haven't made any hundreds? I'm batting after Matthew Wade. Mm. I don't. I think it it was actually perfectly acceptable. For him to say
0: that, so we're on to that uh, part of the interview where we give you what we call some throwdowns, metaphorical throwdowns. Uh, right. as, as a book reader, you'd be familiar with metaphor. Um, yeah. We're going to ask you a couple of questions. You've probably got what is it? He goes a sentence to respond.
5: Yes, yeah, just as right. quick I'll, as you can. I'll, I'll try. it Yeah, as quick as I can. You, you're expecting me to finish the sentence so, yeah? <laughs> uh, some, <laughs> okay. some Something right. like
0: that. We'll we'll set the rhythm for you. Who's going to kick us off? Ian has been pointed at. Look, I'll just, I'll just
1: go with the most obvious questions to you. Let's kick this thing off. Our best batsman you've ever dismissed. Keep in mind uh, to our listeners, you've dismissed Ricky Ponting in a Shield game. You've dismissed Brian Lara, Sachin, VVS Laxman, and, and Callis was your first test wicket. So who was the best ever?
5: Um, uh, Brian Lara by, by, you know, his head and shoulders. Um, he was, you know, he's just the most devastating batsman I've ever seen in my life. And I, I loved getting him out. Um, and I don't think he liked it very much,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stuart. It's well documented that you're a man of viticulture, fine wine, etc. So, uh, and I think we have a few questions on this topic. But I'm going to kick it off first in the sphere of alcohol. In the sphere of alcohol, Stuart, if Shane is VB, what
5: are you? Everything else, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's funny. Everybody says fine wine, Stuart. Listen, I'm not afraid of a cardboard box. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have a bit of a look around so, Yeah, everything else <laughs> everything
2: else have you ever played goon of fortune
5: <laughs> yes oh great. <laughs> seriously and and as as we all know you've got somewhere to sleep later great.
2: <laughs> uh look i mean we, I, I mean let on a more serious note um in your dreams
5: no, uh, don't, don't make fun of goon of fortune no no, no, <laughs> no, no i'd no, I no. love yeah. to talk more yeah. about after yeah. call
2: um <laughs> Look, I'm just wondering on a more serious note. In your dreams, how do you kill Shane Warren?
5: Oh, do you know? There's actually a story here. I was was sponsored by Saab at one period of time, a long, long time ago, and they said, "You know, do you have a recurring dream?" And I said, "I thought I was hilarious, of course." I said, "Yeah, look, it's more of a recurring nightmare—a lunatic in a black Saab convertible." tragically mows down Australia's greatest ever spin bowler.
3: <laughs> and, and, and years
5: later listen true true story, years later Warney came up to me and he said, Mate, what was it about you trying to kill me in a car? Why
3: did you do that?
5: And I said, Mate, Shane, it was a mate, it was a joke like, too. like you know and he went, Oh mate, that was just out of order. And I thought that was hilarious because because it was just, you know, that was obvi- obviously one of his mates had told him what was in the paper and it was it was just a joke, and I, you know, I guess I don't have a very good sense of humour. <laughs> uh, Barossa, Burgundy, Bordeaux, or Barolo? Can I have all of them, or
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> or a box?
5: That, that, that's not fair. Oh, look, you go, I'd, I'd start with a Burgundy and and probably finish with a, a Barolo, but the the Barossa would be where I'd go to, um, you know, or for all of them if I had to. I guess
2: is that one of your favourite wine regions
5: in the world, the Barossa. Well, do you know it's, it's where it was? That's what I started drinking when um, when I started drinking wine. But but it's a great place. Got lots of mates there. Mm. I probably just don't drink as big a reds as I used to because I'm getting old.
0: Just, oh, this isn't part of the throwdown section still, but I've got this image of you now post match. In any kind of uh, setting, whether it's grade cricket or professional yeah. or otherwise, where most of the guys are having a beer, w- would you have just a big uh, a big glass of red there after the match? Yeah, no.
5: So, so um, you, you can imagine if it's forty degrees, I've just bowled forty overs. I'm you know I'm feeling pretty pretty bad. It's you know hot and humid in Sydney, and some and and it would happen in the changing rooms in in Sydney. And guy would walk over with a bottle of red. I'm I looked at him because you know they were trying that. They would they were being very very nice. You know to do that for you, but I'm thinking to myself: forty degrees, ninety-five percent humidity. I've just been smashed all over, that. and you think I want to buy a glass of red? <laughs> Was it a heavy red, like a Cabernet? Yeah, heavy red, yeah. Big but a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah, oh, delightful, def- absolutely crisp. No man, definitely cheeky Chardonnay all over. A little it cheese for platter
0: hours. with yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah really Get in, in there. Spot. Just uh, Stuart, we were talking
0: about Matt Hayden earlier. Um, yes. Now it's well documented, or it's been documented recently, that he had uh, an inner trust circle. Um, just wondering, uh, <laughs> just wondering whether right, you had, wondering who whether you it? had one, and if so, um, who was in yours?
5: Was was Matt the only person in his circle? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I um. Oh, look, the bowlers got on really, really good. I think. I mean, I was, I was, you know, I was lucky to play with McGrath and Gillespie, and you know, um, and Brett being as, um, a good mate too. So, you know, we did. The bowlers kind of got it, you know. Um, and yeah, that. But was you didn't draw a physical mind.
0: circle with people's names in it or dot points plotted inside and outside.
5: It. <laughs> yeah, well. <Venn> diagram. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll tell you about the inner circle one day, but maybe not now. Okay, because <laughs> it's a very technical thing, the inner circle. Because You've got, of course, have have have. Um, if there's an inner circle, that means an, uh, there's an outer circle. That's right. And then, and then outside the circle, I normally put a box because then all the people that you hate, you put them outside the box. And when you see them, you can go, you know what I love about you, mate? You're always outside the box. And they think it's, and they think it's really cool and that you respect them, but you don't. If you're outside the box, you're a moron.
1: <laughs> and so uh, and uh, which box would you say John Buchanan's in?
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do we, who, who's he again? Enough <laughs> said.
2: <laughs> it's coming up to Christmas. Yeah. Will you be sending John a Christmas card this year?
5: Yeah, as I said, I can't recall ever meeting a guy like, What's John Buchanan, right, right. I'll look you up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Stuart, your dad also bowled leg spin. Um, mm-hmm. How does it feel uh, when uh, you ask him, how many test wickets does he have when he tries to alpha you at Christmas lunch?
3: <laughs>
5: well, from all reports, uh, uh, he, he never turned a ball in his life, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, when I got, um, I got my 100th test wicket, I was in the West Indies, and Dennis Lilly was a, a good mate with Dad, and I, um, I got to 100 quicker than, you know, a test or so quicker than I did Dennis. So I, I called him up and I, I said, oh, you know, um, ask, ask Dennis how, how many, you know, how many um, tests it took him to get to 100. And he, Dennis called me and he said, how many, how many tests did it take you to get to 300? There's
3: <laughs> <It's laughs> always I, someone better.
1: Stuart, just one final one. Um, your granddad actually dismissed Bradman in a Shield yeah. game. Um, what's the closest thing you've ever done to earn his respect?
5: You know what he was because oh, he, he was my hero. My grandpa was my hero. He opened the batting and the bowling for Western Australia, and yep. uh, you know I, I wanted to be him. Um, and I think that the, one of the other one of the reasons why he was my hero because I, I don't think he ever didn't respect me. He, he, you know, he used to come and watch me play club cricket every weekend in in uh, in, in, in in Perth, and and uh, you know he came over to my first game for New South Wales, and and I think. I, I did, man. I, I did. It's funny you brought him up. You know, like, he was, he, he, you know, I loved playing with him there because he, 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 loved it, and he just enjoyed me playing, you know, which was really cool. Yeah. But he was, uh, you know, he, it, it's excellent because not only did he open the batting and bowling, but there's a book called Chuckers, and he, he's in it. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, he chucked him. That's <laughs> <laughs> on his tombstone. Yeah, <laughs>
3: serious,
5: <laughs> correct to be in the Chuckers book. Is, uh, is, <laughs> is Morley in that book as well?
0: <laughs> should have been, should be the post on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that, on that note, Stuart, uh, just on behalf of the boys, thank you so much for joining our podcast. It's been really. Excellent to discuss with you, you know, being in an underground band called the Dot Balls, the, but also your, your, your appreciation of playing for Australia as well. And, uh, and you know, that's not lost on us. That, mm. uh, you, you're grateful for your time having done it. You've got some amazing stories that have come out of it. We'd love to have you back on the show to fully explain the Venn diagram of who's inside and outside <laughs> oh, the circle yeah. and then outside well, the very box. Technical. That, you're very technical. Yeah. Very technical, but I mean, you're more than welcome. Uh, we, we know you live close to studios as well. But, uh, mm. yeah, just on behalf of us, thanks very much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.
5: Well, no problem, boys. Let me just uh, you say uh, I've enjoyed it to such a degree that you're inside the box. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. We'll delete our account. You're in a circle, but you're within the, for the main box, so we're on the field anyway. Oh, very <laughs> good. Good one.
3: Thanks, Stuart. Thanks,
4: Harry Broad, good morning. You've been reading the great cricketer.
5: But most of the book is taken up with proving
6: he isn't good enough. Locker room language is rife and sexual immaturity is rampant. Having sexual relations is called burgling a chop. Uh, I'm very disappointed. I, I, you
3: know, I thought this should be a, a great book.
0: Lads, we're on the internet, mm. and we've been copied into a lot of things, uh, none more so than a piece of footage that emerged this week through My Cricket. Yep. We have a strong relationship with My Cricket. It mm. was on ESPN Cricket Info as well. Yeah, And it's this kind of grainy, shaky footage of <laughs> uh, a, a bustling mm. uh, grade cricketer from Melbourne Uni Cricket yep. Club bowling mm. to the international, let's say superstar for mm. the purposes of this story, sure. uh, English player Alex Hales. Mm. And... It, this bloke is raining down bounces on him yep. at, at, a, at a great rate. Mm. And it's elicited a lot of comments around the world and a lot of people saying, What are your thoughts, great cricketer? Yep. Various views yep. from Englishmen, English people, yep. uh, other people from around the world. Mm. Um, so we thought, you know what, rather than speculate on it ourselves mm. uh, uh, around you know, the sort of international versus clubman story, yep. Yep. let's just talk to the guy bowling. Let's just talk to, let's the, guy just talk who's to bowling. the guy who did it. So we got in, we yep. got in touch with Stephen Reid from Melbourne Uni CC. He's the guy who's been peppering Hales with bounces. <laughs> We've brought him on the Great Cricketer Podcast. He joins us now, Stephen, g'day.
6: G'day, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very good.
2: Probably as well as you were on the weekend when you were bumping superstar Alex Hales. I mean, mm. you saw him. He came to the crease. He's the big show. And you went, yeah. I've got the ball, and I'm going to pepper him with bounces. <laughs> this is maybe the one chance I'm going to get to do this. What was going through your head when you kind of realized he was on strike? Mm.
6: Well, in fairness, I actually thought he was on strike first ball of the game and it disappeared through point for four. So I thought, oh, this is a good start. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we had a bit of a plan to try and make him. hooked to the long boundary and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we thought we'd go up top and he never played the shot, so I kept going. Like
2: well, how that's just the first plan you have. It's yeah. not like, let's just start out, bowl a good line, like, let's make the him stumps. stumps? <laughs> should we hit
1: the stumps? No, no. make him hit to the yeah. long boundary. Let's go up exactly top. For, for perhaps uh, listeners other other sides of the world who maybe don't know who Alex Hales are, I'd be surprised if there are people out there who don't know. But he is the current record holder for England's highest... ODI score, he hit 171 in England against Pakistan. A devastating batsman. Devastating batsman, Sam. Uh, but but Stephen came on. He just bumped him. I mean, the the can we talk about the uh, the tactics from both ends? Was it to bump Alex Howes from both ends, or was it with your extra pace you thought you might be able to get him to hop around the crease a bit?
6: Yeah. So we uh, that day we had quite a short boundary to one side, right. so it was about 45 meters and. Um, I usually bowl from the other end but we decided that one of the best options we had Farwad Ahmed in our side Mm -hmm. and uh, he'd sort of suggested that we should go short at him
3: (laughs) (laughs) but we probably we
6: probably (laughs) we probably shouldn't do it to a short boundary so we uh, I swapped ends and uh, away we went
0: I mean, I've got to say, I'm a little bit surprised, Steve, and I was expecting you to come in, you know, with as much fire and brimstone as you did on that day, but instead this just sounds like a just a really
6: well-thought-out,
0: logical, tactical plan yeah. that
6: worked. Yeah. Uh look, the, the first couple were, yeah, thought out, and then I got over a bit overexcited and uh, kept going. Um, and as you can see, I got called for a couple of no balls. But, um, was yeah. that was
1: that because there were three men behind square leg?
6: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I wish,
2: yeah. No. <laughs> How does that still happen? You know, <laughs> <laughs> adult men still making that, that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it happens so, all
6: the so, time too, so, doesn't it? So yeah.
0: you're saying on an international podcast, Stephen, that there was no deliberate attempts to kind of get one over the international superstar by bumping him. It really was just about trying to protect a short boundary.
6: Hmm. Oh, look, that had a bit of it, but we uh, we did we did set out at the start to say that we were going to make it as uncomfortable for him as possible. Sure. So. There was, a, there was a bit of chat happening, there was a few short pitch balls and yeah. uh, I think if, if you asked him, I think he might have actually enjoyed it, so well,
0: uh, we, yeah. Well, would you be able to give any insight, I know what happens on the field stays on the field, it's, mm. it's a tired cliche, this is 2016, I mean, <laughs> would you be able to give any insight into some of the things that were said to him and what he might have said back? Just, I, I just
2: actually, broadly, I can... you don't have to actually use the words, just kind of the themes that you were going for.
6: Yeah, no, there was, a, there was a pretty good bit of chat, something along the lines of, um, do you get paid for this, mate? And he came back with something, and, and the return from our fielder was, well, I'm on the same field as you, champ, so what's going on there? <laughs> champ him.
1: Champ him, yeah, strong. <laughs> um, so like, I want to know, um, obviously this, is, this has been a somewhat a viral sensation uh, ever since uh, uh, Mike cricket put it on Facebook. Have you, have you been reading the comments online? Have you been following uh,
6: it every day. I've, I've seen, I've seen a couple, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the the guy who who runs Muck TV uh, has mentioned me a few times, and yeah. and I've enjoyed the Keyboard Warriors, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you <laughs> <ever> get, <laughs> do you ever get the... a few of them to come to the net? <laughs> well,
0: <that's, laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Do you ever get the urge to champ them online as well, just, <laughs> doing the film? Yeah,
6: yeah. I think there's been a few people wanting to do that. Yeah, uh, Stephen, we
0: invited Alex Hales onto the show to. Offer his own right of reply you know, to what you've said, but he declined. Um, to be fair to him, he might be on a plane or just has better things to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like playing for England. Yeah. Uh, but he was unable to respond by deadline. Is what we're saying. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He declined to comment. But would you have anything to say to him? You know, while you're on this forum now about uh, the way you bowled to him and the way he responded.
6: Oh uh, no! Look, he responded really well. To be honest, we had a beer after the game, and uh, he was quite complimentary of the way we all went about it. So, disappointing. Um, disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a bit disappointing that that's the case. But uh, look, yeah, it, it all ended pretty sportsmanly, like to be honest.
2: Isn't it just annoying when professional athletes are really just nice They're human nice, beings? Yeah,
6: I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You just want to you want to go after them more, but uh, yeah. we just couldn't.
0: Well, we haven't been able to exploit the stereotype of an oafish fast bowler against (laughs) an international player. You're a very well-spoken person, Stephen, who who has great respect for your opponents. Well done to you. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate
4: it.
6: No drama. Thanks, guys. Big day.
4: No, big night I've got to clean up the last two wickets Sing the song, do the covers, sing the song Drink 42 beers in the sheds, have a shower Sing the song, publicly objectify my teammates' rigs Compare sizes, tell everyone how good I was when I was 17 Go to a strip club, lie to my wife Then spend all of Sunday being an emotionally absent father and husband (sighs) Big nights start with great cricket Lying to yourself has never been harder
2: Lads, that time of the week where we take your questions, you being the Grade Cricketer uh, followers or the people interacting with us on social media via Twitter or Facebook, you're asking us uh, Grade Cricket, cricket cricket-related questions and we're doing our best to answer them. This first one comes from Ian Garrett. He says, as Nathan Lyon is from New South Wales, shouldn't he be called Cliffy, not Gazza?
0: Very good question. I, I guess I've got a couple of things to that, Dave. Uh, firstly, I like the question from Ian Garrett. He's probably well-versed on the topic as well with his last name also being uh, applicable for, for Gaz territory. He's mm. in Garrett. Yep. But I like – I'd love a situation where I'm watching cricket and hearing references to Cliff Lyons. Mm. Wouldn't you? And I mean, if, we are on the, if we're on the Lions uh, New yeah. South Wales train, Jamie as well. Maybe a bit too yeah.
2: modern. Mm. Well, Jamie Lyon is actually Lion, whereas Lions Cliffy Lions is plural. Mm. So he's, he's missed out there. There's mm. an inconsistent there
0: grammatically.
1: Have you guys seen the meme floating around about Matt Wade just going, oh, Gary, yes, just Gary you. over and over again. Mm. I've never laughed so hard my entire life. Next mm. question. Isn't
0: it funny?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andrew Bryan. As written in. This is a bit of a longer one, so I'm just going to read it out. It's more of a scenario. Up, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew Bryan writes in. He says, My dad made a one-year return to grade cricket after 25 years out of the game. That yeah, his first mistake. He came in at number nine, and I happened to be umpiring. There was a dinky die orthodox, <laughs> nose-spinning, 60-year-old bowler lobbing harmless half-trackers. Put simply, he was doing well just to get it to the other end. We've got the picture. My dad played the most awful of crossed-battered hikes you've ever seen across the line and was Old for a duck. The bowler had overstepped the crease by about a foot, so as my dad walked off, instead of raising my arm for the no ball, I just gave a really disappointed judging glance in his direction as he trudged off the field. He asks, <laughs> as Andrew asks, should I have done anything differently?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is an example of like the son getting one over the dad mm. in the offering stakes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a real chance of serendipity here, isn't it? I mean, it's a chance mm. of serendipity. You're always looking there, for it. There was one. But, mm. um, but it, it is a serendipitous moment that would perhaps only come around once in a, once in a young man's life. And uh, I'd, I'd be sleeping a lot easier if I had my own opportunities to no ball, or not, no, no, not my, to
2: no ball my dad. My problem, or my, my, what I'm wondering most about this mm. story is that he says he was playing grade cricket. Yet he was umpiring at the bowler's end, presumably, because he was, you know, he could have called a no ball for a front foot no ball. So this I've never is, played grey cricket where the, the player is umpiring yeah, so at this the end.
1: So this is a mistake, yeah. This yeah, is another this mistake. Is, I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? When people call grey cricket, like when people call park cricket grey cricket, we
2: need an industry standard. Like, grey cricket is just grade cricket, one yeah. level below state. Well, it's the not easy, it's not easy now because it's called premier cricket.
1: Ed Cowan correctly calls it Sydney Test Cricket. Yep. Um, Melbourne Test Cricket. Same situation, I'd imagine. Very high levels of cricket. Um, I mean, this is actually... We can link this into to Stephen Reid's story, um, Bumping Alex Hales. And if you read the comments, a lot of the people who are from England were saying, look how village this is. This like stepping over by like a metre and a half. But every single grade cricketer legitimate great cricket that i've spoken to and as i've said in the, in the podcast previously that's too many for my own liking mm. but they've said that bloke was buying frightening wheels yes and uh and, <laughs> and it those was words actually, exactly it was actually terrifying yeah so um if you are an amateur cricketer in england your standard of cricket is rubbish mm. it is rubbish it's not great cricket great cricket is actually good good enough where you can actually you can see your dreams your dreams are there you can touch them but you're still miles away from it
0: we're still, we're, <laughs> we're still colonial subjects of England yeah, though so everything yeah, we do will yeah, be yeah. will will yeah. be in free yeah. can, can I just can we stick with the hypothetical for a second Let's though do it, mate. Uh, Sorry. aside from the inaccuracies of calling it grade cricket how dare you yeah. uh, Andrew <laughs> I want to know some context why hasn't he called no ball to save his dad How is his dad treating him growing up there's a lot of freudian stuff to this there's mm. a lot I mean more reason to get Steve <laughs> bit off on this show Steve yep. if you're listening Child psychologist <laughs> Steve Bitoff. Well, did his dad look at him when he was walking off? Because
2: eye contact is essential here, and, well, and you know the real. Can't question. assume it, I guess.
1: Also, I mean, this wasn't a crime of passion because if this bowl was going that slowly, he saw the no ball and he had time to actually, you know, map this out. And you know, he actually, I mean, the slowness of the ball is what I'm trying to say. He had time to say no ball, but he watched this whole thing unfold. Yep. and and uh, gleefully, gleefully, or <laughs> always gleefully, <laughs> and from the very core.
0: So I guess just to go around the circle, did he do the right thing? No, I wouldn't have done that. You, you would have no-balled him? I would have no-balled him. It's mm, the rules sense. of
2: cricket. <laughs> law.
0: Law. <laughs> Sim- simple law. Forget context. Law
2: 801. <laughs> yeah. Front foot no-ball. No-y. So no <laughs> This four years of exploring the social dynamics <laughs> of cricket it just comes back to law. Uh, we've got one here, boys, from Daniel Friend. He says, no cricket on a night. I've had to watch Gilmore Girls with the Misses. Mm. She says it's her TV time. Did she alpha me? Oh, she alphaed
1: strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, Gilmore Girls. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all pleased with the return of Gilmore Girls. Yep. Um, but uh, TV, I mean, is it it's her time, is it? That's cute. Um, mm-hmm. Day-night test matches, ODIs, replays, <laughs> YouTube. Robelinda videos on YouTube. <laughs> is
2: mean, that how you say it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I say it's, Robelinda, it's but it could be. I've,
1: it's the first time I've ever said it out
0: loud. <laughs> I've <It's laughs>
2: said I was, in my head so many times. So many yeah. times. It didn't sound like that. Yeah. Is
1: it? It's Rob. It's
0: clearly married or partnered yes. with someone called Belinda, and it's just an yeah. amalgam yeah. of yeah, their but his name. name's not Rob, Ro, is it? Robelinda. Yeah. Oh, we'll start
2: a joint. Yeah, we'll start a joint YouTube channel, yeah, <laughs> and he clearly dominated on how many
0: videos Belinda has updated. Yeah, oh. there's a masculinity <laughs> problem with this question because. The <laughs> The inference is that when the missus, and that's just the character, uh, says it's her TV time, why does that imply he must sit with her through all of that? Are you one body and one flesh? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. as it is yeah. in marriage constructs. Well, is this 1950s? Go off and do your own thing. Read a book, go for a run, have some of your own time. Why do you have to watch Gilmore Girls? Get your own OLED TV. Well, it's on Netflix, so she can just take a
2: laptop into the bedroom and yeah. watch it there while you watch whatever's on Channel 9. Unless, of course, this is from a low
1: socioeconomic background background uh, family so therefore ADSL 2 plus (laughs) (laughs) patchy
2: I like it how no one ever knows if they're getting alpha and they always have to write to us, am I yeah. Am I being alpha?
1: so vulnerable. Mate,
2: every day you're getting alpha, like, whether it's the bloke who's the barista who's champing you when you're getting your coffee or the, yeah. the bus driver that, yeah. that drops you five mm. metres away from your yeah. stop. You're it's just like, getting alpha like at every turn, yeah. go- every, every turn uh, yeah. in life.
0: Every turn. In this studio, about yeah. 47 times, we'll alpha each other. Yeah. It's just yeah. the way life is. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: It's like when you go to an ATM and there's one person in front of you already using that ATM and you've got to wait six seconds. Is mm. that person offering me? Uh, Fox Sports Alfredus us by putting us into yeah. an even darker room as well. It's yeah. literally
2: a light. You'll go crazy you. thinking about it. So just stop thinking about <laughs> yeah. it, guys. You're always being offered. But
1: please keep sending your questions. Hashtag yeah. AskTGC. <laughs>
0: please. Okay. We have, a, we have another one. Do we okay. have time? Yeah, no do we have it's time. time. We've
1: got time, time. time. Nah, we've got time. Always oh, got time.
0: Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Dawson uh, writes in. He says, "As a wicketkeeper, I've come to the conclusion on more important life choices and decisions chatting to my slip than I have talking to my mum." Um,
1: <laughs> I don't think my there's a, I
0: don't think there's a, there's a question. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's yeah, just a comment. To yeah.
1: it. It's actually not a question. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, why is he saying my You slip? don't own the slip. It's the possession of the slip is the concerning issue here. I mean, this is some sort of cuckold relationship with over of someone.
2: I don't reckon anyone's ever made a great life decision on you know the advice from Alan from Second Slip.
1: So the the slips, I mean, they might be the, they might have the best chat, the slips, but rarely will they be have the mm. best life balance. Only, I'm going to do that apprenticeship.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go
2: back to uni because he said so.
0: I like that there can only be two people to chat about life issues or choices with, and that's your mum or second slip. Yeah, it's mum or my slip. Yeah, not first. First slip doesn't get a look in. So second slip's
1: usually the chop king, though, isn't it? I mean, someone who's had the most sexual encounters. Yeah. That's the person who almost always feels a second slip. Mm. Um, that's why I feel that square leg. Nothing more specific about that. They're just encounters.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like when it, come, when it comes to slip politics that the second slip is usually the more athletic of mm. the first or the second, or is that just no, Australian Mark cricket? No, it's it's Mark Waugh. Because no, you're yeah. at
2: second slip, you can, you can go to gully, you can go to cover, you can hop on in the boundary, you can do anything from second mm. slip. First slip is constrained to that one position. Yeah. That, that it's a figurehead role. It's like the
0: presidency <laughs> uh,
3: like in certain countries. It's yeah. Governor
0: General or Prime Minister. Yeah. I mean, who really calls the shots? Mm. Governor well, General, first well, line well, of the Queen, well but the really. Queen.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So first slip is the Queen. <laughs> In Australian federal politics, in the power structure, yeah. Yeah. how does slips relate to um, Australian politics? To the hierarchy, yeah. yeah.
1: So, Governor General is is first slip. The queen, the Queen's the wicket keeper.
0: First slip has the nominal power, but very rarely uses it. Correct. Queen is the wicket keeper; mm. can pretty much do the most things if they need to. Second slip really orders the shot, calls the shots, and has the most social power, mm. and people vote for them.
1: Mm. And Pauline Hanson's a mid-on. <laughs>
0: Shining the ball, making it as
2: red as possible.
0: If you'd like to hear more discussions like this on The Boil, please write in to us, uh, Facebook, DM, Face whatever, Twitter. Uh, we don't really want to punish you online by talking about it all the time, writing comments and stuff and promoting ourselves via the written word. So we're just asking you now, if you've got a question for us, write in.
1: That's all the time we got this week, boys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Stuart McGill, wonderful guest. Nice to have Stephen Reid on bumping international cricket players. Nice to see great Cricket doing well on the internet. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, perhaps tell one of your mates. Perhaps tell your dad. Don't tell your dad. Tell your mum, though. She might listen to it. She don't want to listen to
0: it. Call your dad. Pick, it, pick up the phone. <laughs> Just give him a call. Just give him a, It's coming to us at Christmas. You know, he, he wants to hear from you. And if he likes books, then uh, I'm not going to talk about our book, but next week we go highbrow. Next week, we can announce that we're speaking with the greatest cricket writer in the world, Gideon Hay. He's joining the Great Cricketer podcast. Why is he doing that? I don't know.
1: Unless someone better comes on during the week, in which case, we'll just. We'll bump him. him. We'll bump him.
0: him. Mm. We'll bump him. Just like Stephen did Alex Hales. Cheers. Thanks.